This is Hemant. <laughs> this is Jessica. We're here for the Friendly Atheist Podcast, and we have a bunch of stories that we have not talked about, but we really wanted to talk about. Yeah. So we're just going to start bringing those up and just going from there. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's the first one. Okay. Uh, should you protest a Chick-fil-A on your campus? It, let's say you're a college oh. student. Chick-fil-A wants to build a store. They want to build a restaurant on campus so you can get food there. Is that something worth protesting? Are we still mad at Chick-fil-A? I can't remember what they did. That's kind of the question. Years ago, like four or five years ago, their owner, the founder of the restaurant, Mm -hmm. who is an evangelical Christian, basically said some stuff about, you know, he's opposed to gay marriage, Uh, uh, very anti-LGBT, as are a lot of evangelicals. They oppose LGBT rights. Uh, Not the people, unquote, but the rights that they all want. hate the sin, love the sinner thing? Something like that. Okay. Um, and a portion of the money that Chick-fil-A took in mm-hmm. as a restaurant company was going to organizations that fought LGBT rights. Right. And I think that more than anything else, it's like, well, if you're the owner, I mean, Domino's owner, I think, is like anti-abortion. But it's like, OK, once he has the money, he can kind of do what he wants with it. Yeah. But this is the actual company right. giving money. So eventually, I mean, they didn't apologize for it. That's what they do. Chick-fil-A said, we're not, as a company, going to give money to those organizations anymore. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of it. It just kind of died away after that. Right. Th- and this was all 2012. 12-ish. Ish. Yeah. Because I remember writing about it. When yeah. It was... it was a big deal when it happened. No, it and really people was. were like, there were protests. People and then, were of course, not going to Chick-fil-A. Protests. Yeah. People were going to Chick-fil-A and like harassing the workers at the oh, drive-thru. Like, why asshole? are you in? Yeah. Why are you anti-gay? And it's like, oh, I yeah. just work here. Just take your damn fries. No, that guy was a d- I remember specifically <laughs> some guy like yeah. got water at a drive-thru and like lectured the 16 year old drive-thru. Like, he what? actually, that guy, funny story. Uh-huh. Uh, I got contacted by that guy because I wrote about him too. And I guess he was going through the list of who wrote about me. Oh, my God. Because years later, he said, my life was ruined after that went viral. You caught me in my worst moment. And it kind of ruined my life. But I deserved it because I was being an asshole. He said, I have changed. And I he wrote a book. I forgot his name. I'm sorry. But he wrote a book about what has happened to him since then and what he learned from that experience. And yeah. so that's on Amazon somewhere if you want to Google it. But going back to the point here. Uh-huh. College says we have a Chick-fil-A that wants to build on campus. Mm-hmm. We're going to say yes, because mm-hmm. why would we not? Mm-hmm. Um, is this something students should protest? And at a Catholic, this we'll get to that in a second, at a school in Pittsburgh, the student government uh, or a student uh-huh. at the school launched a petition with the Student Government Association saying, don't build it mm-hmm. because they're anti-gay or the owners are anti-gay or whatever. And they got a lot of people to sign on to that. But more or less, the school said, uh, we don't care. (laughs) Yes. Like, we're not going to change what we're doing. So, I mean, I guess it's, would I protest a Chick-fil-A on my campus? No. Because? Because, like, I think I have protest fatigue right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're too busy the other days of the week. Yeah, like, I, which is a terrible reason to, to say I wouldn't if it's something they believe in. I don't know. I just think that. I, I see, because, I mean, for better or for worse, and whatever Chick-fil-A has done since, which I think they tried to repair their images, image by donating to some quote-unquote good cause, like, I think. I am I think. not sure that, I've never, I can't remember I think, that happening. But or they made some gesture, whether empty or otherwise. I'm sure, know. yeah. 
but they still carry that stigma, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they haven't changed. They for, have not changed. Right. The only thing they're not doing, I believe, is the company itself is not giving to right. the groups that are fighting LGBT rights. Right. Uh, but the owners are doing whatever it is they want to do with their money. They're rich. They do whatever they want. Uh, but if you buy waffle fries, the only connection, as I could see it, yeah. is if you buy food at Chick-fil-A, some of that money, it's a small fraction, goes back to, into the owner's pockets, and in that way, you're indirectly funding whatever the owner supports. But honestly, that I don't think about that when I buy anything else. Right. And, and who well, and knows that, what everyone That also believes. feels a lot like the Hobby Lobby thing about we don't want our insurance to go to birth control, even though you're not like, you know what I mean? Like, we're paying you and you're buying, or however right. they phrased it. It feels kind of grossly similar to that argument, which I think we're all pretty comfortable dismissing out of hand as a reason to not. Uh, it's a different <laughs> it seems, situation. It's such a long stretch. And it's like, I buy whatever I buy all the time yeah. I've never once thought to myself I wonder what their politics are for the people down the line who are the shareholders or the executives who will yeah. end up with the money because it doesn't matter this guy is an evangelical yeah. and he believes evangelical things but I'm sure that's the case for a lot of stuff right well I mean on top of that the controversy that sort of sat on top of this controversy is Donald Trump Jr.'s tweet about it. What did he say? Oh, did you not see that? Maybe I didn't. Um, okay, I'm going to look it up right now. While you find that, let Good. me add one more twist to this, which okay. is that the university in question is, oh God, I'm pronouncing this wrong, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, which is a Catholic school, which is weird because this kid is, this adult, whatever old he is, uh, he's protesting the Chick-fil-A, saying they're anti-gay, but he goes to a Catholic school, and the Catholic Church is way more directly anti-gay than whatever Chick-fil-A is doing. Ooh, okay. So it's like, My you know, if you want to protest changing. something because of... Like, clean up your anti- own house before you yeah. start worried about chick fil a I don't know that this kid is Catholic. I don't know. Maybe yeah, he's going true. there because his parents wanted him to go there. But but the school is a Catholic school. I went to a Catholic school for grad school. I went to DePaul. Oh, that's right. I but like my brother went there. But it too. wasn't an issue because I knew it was a Catholic well, school. Question- I'm not going to argue with their beliefs about stuff. Right. I'm there to get my degree and get out. Um, but it was just, it struck me as just weird mm-hmm. that this kid is trying to in sure. for good reason, you know, promote LGBT uh, rights. So he's against this restaurant. But dude, I mean, yeah, you're at a Catholic I, school, like. I can't. <laughs> this is the Listen, least I, anti-gay thing about that place. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that it is well within his right and like good for him for trying to make waves in a positive direction. But I just feel like energy could be better spent elsewhere. I, but that's it. Like I yeah. don't want to be one of those like Fox News people who's like, must be nice to have that. Or like, why don't you get a job? And like, I don't want to be that person and kind <laughs> yeah, of shut him down. This but is what like, you're passionate about. Go right, for it. Right. I just don't care. Enough, yeah, that's maybe. not my. That's okay. not the thing. I'm. Did you find the tweet? I did. still look. Okay. No, I got it. Okay. I'm professional. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Donald Trump Jr. Um, tweeted, "Quote: Luckily, these students won't have to tackle issues more stressful than a yummy chicken sandwich in their lives." Dot. 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 Oh, wait, hashtag triggered. God, I hate that guy. They're the fucking <laughs> worst. Like, we I... disagree with that guy, too, but I don't... They're fighting for LGBT rights. That's a good thing. We should support that. Yes, I don't care if you find it annoying. Mm-hmm. That's a good cause worth supporting. What is with the... That guy just... 
he's already a dick, and then he just tries to make it even he, worse. I mean, the 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 thing with the entire Trump family, I think one of the myriad problems is they're so tone deaf, <laughs> unaware I mean? of like, themselves unaware and of how, how they come off. Yeah, how they're feeling. Like Trump with like they're not self aware describing the chocolate cake before <laughs> they bombed what Iraq, oh wait, I mean Syria or whatever he said. Yeah. Like how. How do you not see, like, dude, that's not appropriate. Like, yeah. don't describe the beautiful chocolate cake, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say anyway. Like, <laughs> that college student's trying to fight for human rights. What a jerk. <sighs> like, God. dude. Okay. That was the appetizer. Let me give you the main thing. One of the bigger stories that oh, people wow. should be talking about. Building narrative. I know, I know. I, I built it up to this. Okay. This is a big deal because this is. Uh, Neil Gorsuch is now on the Supreme Court. Uh, He's going to start hearing cases next uh, week, uh, this week coming up. And one of the first cases he's going to hear is this one called Trinity Lutheran Church v. Comer. Okay. And uh, let me kind of walk through what this case is all about, because it's it's amazing that it got to this point, and Uh it's kind of scary now that this Supreme Court is going to hear this case. Okay. So let me try to back up, and, and hopefully I'll get this right. Um. As I know it, here's the story. Uh, several I feel years like ago, hopefully, I yeah. get this right. Is like the preface of our entire. That's podcast. our motto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't be mad at us. Subtitle. <laughs> don't send me tweets okay. anymore. I know. Here's a, the, the thank you, three listeners who send us tweets. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. I have. We have to dedicate the show to Ashley and Matt because they tweeted at me, and because last week you said we only have two <laughs> listeners, and they're like, "Hey, it's us. We did it." And so, um, thank you too. It's Ashley and Matt, and <laughs> they want a cat and video-themed podcast. I don't know shit about either of those things. I'm allergic. All right, yep, done. <laughs> Video games, so <laughs> I have guys. a Sega. Go ahead. Okay, here's the story. Uh, years ago, Trinity Church in Missouri, Columbia, oh. Missouri, they run a Christian preschool, as they have a right to do. And they have a playground on their Christian preschool. And it turns out Missouri had a program where it's like if you buy a tire in Missouri, a fraction of your dollars, like 50 cents, uh-huh. goes to a special fund. And like legislators voted on this. It's a thing in Missouri. Okay. So they have this fund to help renovate like playgrounds and other sure. things. That's awesome. You can apply for a grant from the state if you want to do these things. So Trinity is one of the places that said, you know what? We want to do something with this. They applied for a fund to renovate their playground on campus. Okay. And they figured this should be fine. It's a playground. It's not, we're not asking you to renovate the cross uh-huh. or, or rebuild our building. It's a playground. It's not religious. Uh-huh. They applied for the grant. There were 44 applicants in 2012 for this funding. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't make the cut. Oh, 14 of them actually got money. They oh. were not one of the groups that got the money. So and maybe that's that's, that's third, how it works. A third of them got it? Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's going to happen. Sure. Some of them aren't going to get it. But I guess when they actually got some information from the state, like, how did we do? And maybe that was public, like, they could get that information somehow. They found out they were actually, if you look at how you ranked all the applicants, uh-huh. they actually scored fifth. Like, they should have gotten the money. Oh. They did pretty well on their application. But they didn't get the money. And what the state told them, like someone from the state basically said, uh, we have a law in Missouri, uh-huh. and it's, it's the, the First Amendment, really, that says we cannot use government money to promote religion. Yeah. Um, to quote the Missouri Constitution, no money shall ever be taken from the public treasury, directly or indirectly, in aid of any church, section, or denomination of religion. Okay. So that sounds like pretty definitive, um, so she didn't, uh, the church didn't get the money. Right. Okay. 
So according to the church, they said, what's wrong with like our application, though? We weren't asking you to benefit our church or our denomination. Uh-huh. We were asking you to help a playground, to help some kids. That's yeah. their argument for this. Sure. So they filed a lawsuit. And the district court said no. They actually said, I mean, yes, all the constitutional arguments. Right. But they also said you had some technical issues with your lawsuit. They tossed it. It oh, didn't win. Okay. So they appealed. The appeals court ruled two to one that, no, church, you're still wrong. This goes against the Constitution. You don't get to win this. They can't give you money because you're a church. So the church goes to their next option, which is, hey, the entire eighth court of appeals, Uh uh, we want the entire, all the judges to hear the case. So the option is, okay, I know only three of you heard the case so far, random three, Uh but we feel that might have been an unfair mix. We want all 10 of you. To kind of hear the case, because okay. maybe when all of you listen to it, we'll fare better. Okay. And when the whole court heard it, it was five to five, which means the lower opinion stays. Okay. So they've lost again. So then they appealed to the Supreme Court. And one of the last things Justice Antonin Scalia did before he died was to say, he's, uh, this is what's um, hypothesized. He must have said, yeah, I want to hear this case. And you only need four justices on the court of nine at the time to say, I want to hear a case for them to hear the case. Uh So some four of them, presumably Scalia included, said, I want to hear this. Then he dies. Then there's the whole Merrick Garland thing. And now Neil Gorsuch is on the court. And they're going to hear this case this week. And here's kind of the concern. If this is a conservative-leaning court and they say, yes, this church had every right to apply for this grant and receive the grant if they had a good application. What does that open the door to? Could any church say like, well, we have this backyard in our church. We have a pool that we do baptisms in, but it is a pool that we also do other things with. You need to help us renovate it with taxpayer money. You know what I mean? Like how far can we stretch this? Because you could also say, hey, people rent out our space sometimes, yeah, so our whole building is It's a historical is a, building. It's a historical or, building. Give us money for that. Uh, that's a weird That's a weird thing, so who I knows? I love that. So that's the case they're going to hear this week. And now with Gorsuch on the court, Fuck. yeah, who knows what's going to happen? So it's that's a big deal situation. Yeah. A lot of church-state separation groups are freaking out in some way because... Man, do you know how hard it is to get a case heard by the Supreme yeah, Court? That shocks me. That that and it lost different. every step of the way. It's not like some other cases where one court, uh, one appeals court said one thing, another one said another. We need a Supreme Court to decide it. That's not the how case. How did it get, get up that high? Because they, they, after they lost the, the review with all the, the appeals district. judges, they said, hey, Supreme Court, you're our last hope. And four of the nine justices at least must have said, all right, we'll take a look at it. But again, it's the who knows what's going to happen. It right. could be five four it does either feel way. Really cut and dry though. Yeah, it does feel like it's owned by a church. It's on church property. Right. You don't get public money. Like, I guess it that's it the question. Really if it's a playground that other people could use, if it is, I don't. But I that's. Mean, I mean, like you said, <laughs> anybody can use this room in our church. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean it's public property it's right. very much private property what's what well, one thing that was funny to me is that conservatives often use our side of the argument here uh-huh. against places like Planned Parenthood with, where they say Planned Parenthood can't get money for federal money for uh-huh. abortions and Planned Parenthood says 
I mean, they think it's wrong, but whatever. They want uh, reimbursements for things like women's health, other women's uh-huh. health issues. Uh, they're doing mammograms or whatever. Uh, they do the procedure. They get a reimbursement from the government. Right. And they say, well, we're doing that. So the government should keep giving us money for that. I mean, there's a controversy right now where Republicans say no federal money to Planned Parenthood whatsoever. But... The argument from Christians that I often hear is if you're giving taxpayer money to Planned Parenthood, even for those non-controversial women's health issues, Mm -hmm. that frees up money that they can then use for abortions. And that's why they want no federal money going to Planned Parenthood for anything. And in this playground case, they're saying give us money. abortion isn't illegal. And it's not unconstitutional. That's Totally different issue. That's the difference. (laughs) The difference is... That would what this park wants to do would be a clear violation of the first amendment. Like that, it's it's well, fucking black and white. The argument abortion for the church isn't illegal. What what concerns me is that if they win this case, they're kind of saying, "Give us money for the playground that we're not going to spend from our own coffers," but that kind of gives them more money to use to proselytize and do whatever else it is they do. And I wonder if they win this case, how mo- how they redistribute their money to say we want taxpayer money to fund the following things that are not right. quote unquote religious, but that kind of hoards the money for them to do their religious stuff. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's, it's a f- scary thing. And I'll add one more thing to this, mm-hmm. which just happened uh, Thursday. Okay. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. This happened on Thursday. Good the Friday. new governor of Missouri, who was sworn in in January. Uh-huh. Uh, He said, you know what? I'm changing the policy about applying for the grant for this uh, playground fund, basically. Uh He said, you know what? The old policy was churches can't apply because Uh it goes against our constitution. He's saying now you can apply. Now, two things about that. First of all, according to like Americans United for Separation of Church and State, if he changes this policy, he may have like shot himself in the foot because Americans United is saying, well, if he changed the policy, Supreme Court doesn't need to hear the case because it's already settled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Supreme Court, you should, before you hear this thing next week, just say, all right, well, I guess we're not hearing this because yeah. it's, not a, it's not a problem anymore. Yeah. The other thing is that opens the door. His policy now opens the door for another lawsuit saying now you're allowing religious groups right. to apply for state money. Right. That could be a different lawsuit in and of itself. So I don't I don't know what this governor was thinking. He thinks he's doing something for the religious right. It's probably going to backfire. Yeah, and I and I think it's important to be clear that like Hammond and I aren't anti playgrounds for children. <laughs> right, right. This isn't I, about I, that. This is where's the money coming from? Right. Why can't the church pay for their own renovations? Right. And they're saying we have every right to apply for taxpayer money. Yeah. For this. Well, and I think that's a thing that sort of when you're arguing with people or debating with people or whatever, they get caught up in like weird technicalities. And it's very easy for somebody to say, like, oh, you just don't want, like, you're just anti-playground. Like, no, that's, <laughs> it's really right. a bigger principle here right. about where things are going. Like, yeah, even if the church is saying we're giving, you know, candy bags to children, like, all right, that sounds nice. But why are we giving a church this thing? Right. Why are we giving a church money to do this? Um, It's the same issue, by the way, people have had with uh, George W. Bush and Obama when they said federal money could be used uh, two geek, uh, faith-based initiatives mm-hmm. give money to religious groups who do secular work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the work they're doing is actually not a bad thing. They're right. doing a lot of useful, awesome things. Right. But w- as soon as you start muddying those waters and saying religious groups can get money to do these things, mm-hmm. uh, unless there are unless there's oversight, like it it 
could get really bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, one thing that was important about this is this case is controversial right now mm-hmm. because Gorsuch is on the court and not Merrick Garland. So if we go back to the why is voting important and why do elections matter <laughs> and all that stuff, this is this is one of the consequences. If the church wins this case, I mean, this is kind of the yep. long tail of what happens when yep. you don't vote. And if you know what, if you, no, you know, it's it's just about like people who are still like I wasn't pro Hillary or they're the same or like that kind of garbage oh. is just. It's garbage. That false equivalency is because so annoying. Whatever you think about like the quote unquote corrupt government, which whatever, like that's a conversation worth having having for sure. But to say that that we would be where we are right now with a president Hillary Clinton is is ridiculous. And people still <laughs> clinging to like, well, I don't like either of them. I'm like, good for fucking you. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I don't care who Not you everything f- is about you. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, but um, people wear that like a fucking badge uh, of honor. It makes me bonkers. Anyway. Yes. Oh, thing. one more thing to add to Damn that, it. which is the Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter. Answers oh. in Genesis has the big Noah's Ark thing. Oh, it is. It was the same would you battle. Say it's sinking? It's not sinking yet. I'll, I can update you on that. That was sinking? funny, though. That was good. That Thank was good. you. Most um, people laugh when they think something's funny. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> Ark Encounter applied for state funds to get a rebate because they said, we're not a Christian ministry. We're a tourist attraction. Fun and the state said, all right, well, you can have up to $18 million in rebates for the taxes you pay, uh-huh. depending on your attendance. Um, th- that was also... Uh, fought in court and answers in Genesis won the case. How though? Uh, because the state and the courts said, we're going to count this as a tourist attraction and not like to improve your ministry. You are bringing business <sighs> yeah. and money to Kentucky. So we will reward you in for theory. that. We, in theory. So we want to do that for you. Um, so anyway, uh, this is the type of issue that is, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, okay. Next issue. Next issue. Should a church be allowed to have a police force? Okay, so I saw this headline, and I was like, I'm not going to read anything on this because I want him to hold my hand and walk me okay. through how the fuck we got to this point. <laughs> if you have a megachurch in your town, uh, or even do. not even a megachurch, just a big church uh-huh. in your community, there's a good chance that when they have services, mm-hmm. there are police officers oh, guiding traffic, traffic and doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure, right up 59. Yeah, happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that in itself, not a big deal. Usually what happens is those are off-duty cops who want to make some extra money. So they use the police equipment and stuff. That's not a big deal. The church pays for them to be there. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fine. It's a legit thing. Uh, Other groups are welcome to do the same thing. You know, you pay for security, we'll provide it for you. We have the training, we know what we're doing. All of that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, happens all over the country. But um, but in this case, in uh, Alabama, basically there's a church that says, you know, we don't want to just hire you all the time. We want to create our own police force with proper training. And right now they need government approval for this. <laughs> you don't and say. the reason you saw the headline on this uh, is that the Alabama Senate uh, voted 24 to 4 to give a thumbs up to this. 24 to 4, huh? Yeah, not even close. Uh, so the Senate version of the bill is a go. Now the House needs to pass, but the House is Republican-dominated. And even though their governor just resigned, the new governor uh-huh. is also a pretty conservative Republican, so she'll probably <sighs> sign on to it, too. 
so there's so many questions to ask here. Lots of questions. Um, I think my favorite tweet, um, I think it came from like Andrew Seidel of FFRF, was, you know, if you talk about places, I'm totally paraphrasing and butchering no, his you're line. Nailing this. Uh, which countries and which places have their own religious police forces like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and like this town in Alabama, this church in Alabama. Those are the people that have religious police forces. I, I mean, to what end, I guess? Yeah, where does this go? Like, I mean, clear, like clearly, the inconvenience of hiring people every week cannot be so great. I mean, every church does it. Every church <laughs> does it, and it can't be so great that you're like, you know, it would be much easier if we started a fucking police force instead. That right. sounds. I've seen Police Academy. I know how this goes. <laughs> that sounds super easy. We like, want to do it ourselves. So, like, wh- what would the implications? Their actual of reasoning like was: we want to create quote a way to w- we want a way to create a safer campus in a fallen world. But Ooh, let me ask some that questions. That is sinister that, as fuck. I, yeah, let me ask some questions because I don't have the answers to these. But and what are we doing? These are house? questions I wanted to know. I know. Um, who has authority over this police force if they pull some of these police shenanigans we've seen in the news? Like if they if the cops that they train do something wrong. Who, who watches they? over them? You know, who's watching the watchdogs here? Um, does the state go over, have control and authority over them? Because wouldn't that be a violation yeah. of the Constitution with the church overseeing a religious... I'm sorry, with the state overseeing a church? Right. Isn't that a problem? Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Before you move yeah. on, um, what... Are, are there... Is there a thing of, like, private police forces? Is that a thing that exists in the world? <sighs> In the world, in the United Run States. Run by the government? I am not sure. There are private security groups sure, that no, provide no, no, private this, but I am not sure if there's But that's not what they're talking a... about, right? They're not talking about security. No. They're talking about police. Police. They need government so sanction. So is there, is, is there precedent for that? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to Could, that. Like, as Google far as I know... Could, like, say we want our own police force on our Google campus because as far Silicon as, Valley is dodgy or something? Yeah, everything I've seen has said this would be, like, the first of its kind. Um, not just for I a church, like but to one do this. bit of this. Because again, you don't hear about this story often because it doesn't happen often. But this uh, church, the church is called uh, Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Vestavia Hills. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, this is all the questions that people are asking now, which is, um, does the state have authority over them? And isn't that a religious entanglement? Uh, if they act unlawfully, who disciplines them? Can any religious institution demand its own police force because if, mo- if a mosque did this oh can you God. imagine the reaction oh my if God. they re- if they just requested we want our own police force for the mosque every fox news segment would be about you know sharia law creeping yeah. into the country um i'm reading have you ever read the handmaid's tale uh, I know of it. I haven't read okay, it. Okay, I'm reading it for the first yeah. time, and this smacks Good time up to read that. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what just <laughs> drew me to it, um, but this really smacks of that because it's all about, like, Christianity taking over the government and yeah. enforcing. It's 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 unnerving and horrifyingly familiar. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway. Uh, no, what about I, the police they hire? Do they have to sign statements of faith? You know, do they have to agree with the church's beliefs? And is that legalized government-sanctioned discrimination of sorts? Um, But or you say the church has the right to it. Uh, The church would, I believe, fund it. One hundred percent. I believe that's the idea here. Um, But the the funding wasn't the main issue. It's just like you're giving this church a police force. Can they pull me over? 
I, if I'm that's a good question. So what's L- what's LA? the boundaries, right? Like that's a fair question. What authority do they have? Are they just policing I mean, if, the people at who visit right. their church? Is it like a Vatican thing where it's like yeah, a right, a state little within, enclave? Yeah, I don't know. What that's if someone's what, speeding on the road outside their church? Do they get to stop them and pull them over? And I, I mean, we don't know. That's a, I just imagine them driving little pope mobiles with the dome <laughs> <laughs> with the siren on top. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, can you sue them? Can you take them to court? Um, yeah, who? I, there's, listen, there, there's no, okay, it is bonkers that this got as far as it did, yeah. but there is no, and it's no, not over. There is no, okay, I, I was going to say there's no way this is going to happen, but Jesus oh, Christ, no. look this at is, everything that's been going this on. This is Alabama, this is going to happen. Uh, State Representative Connie Rowe uh, said this about, oh. yeah, what are the pros? This, uh, bro- Uh, I don't know if this is the pros, but I'm going to read this. They will conduct their own investigations. They will conduct their own security. They will make their own arrests. And instead of calling on the local law enforcement agency to take over the particular situation they're trying to control, they will do that themselves. All they will utilize from other law enforcement agencies is their lockup facilities. So they they can put people in jail. They can put people in jail. Okay, Hemet, question. What does this remind you of? What am I describing? Hey, I know one of our people did something really bad and unconscionable. We're not going to involve the police. We're just going to move people around internally, and I'm sure they won't do it again because it really sounds a lot like the Catholic Church. <laughs> of like, yeah, our priests are raving people, but let's we got we got this <laughs> we internally. We got this guys. We got this covered. Don't worry about yeah. it. This is this is dystopian. And if imagine if the church leaders are the ones who do something wrong, not just sexually or something, no. but like Fu- if no, they're financial is- financial shenanigans. Who does does the real police this step in, or does the church police step? Fucking thing I've ever. This is there are so many problems. Bananas. This is what bothers me. There are so many unanswered questions about this arrangement. Uh-huh. It it seems like it just opens the door to so many problems that we shouldn't have if to deal this with. Passes a hundred percent. We're forming the friendly atheist police force. Fap. I'm Thanks. Fap. Friendly Atheist Police. We're the Friendly Atheist Podcast. We're already fat. Like, true. we should just lean into it at this point. <laughs> Worst. Um, I'm going to quit my day job. I'm going to become a... Co- I'm going to be a mounted police officer. I love we this. We get horses. We get horses. Uh-huh. I get a horse. I don't know. And, like, you figure out your own shit. Yeah, I don't like animals. And we just get this chunk of <laughs> Route 59 between our houses. And that's ours to patrol. And we can take down crosses if we need to. And we can pull off the Jesus fish. Off of what? Passing of a, vehicles? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's listen there's no bad ideas in brainstorming i'm still <laughs> fleshing this out i like this a lot i think we're gonna have a problem with that mega church that's exactly between our houses yeah, right. <laughs> but i feel <laughs> great about this you guys this is alabama this is this is, there's a good chance this is actually going to happen and again i go back to just the same question which is if any other religious group asked for this sort of treatment would we have would would they be passing this as quickly as they seem to be passing that is, right now? I just don't I don't what are they saying? Who is saying this is a good idea and why? Like what Christians what, what in is Alabama the uptick? Like what is the upside? It's not like, like you said, they're not using our police force like picking people I think away. They're I think it's themselves. that they this have authority insane. to take care of their own shit. I think that's the church's that's argument here. We don't want to run we don't want to run to the government that's every a cult. time. <laughs> that is what a cult functions as, is we don't we don't bow to your authority. We answer to our own authority. We live in the U.S. where Christian Sharia rules all. <laughs> no. 
I mean, this is the example of what can happen when Christians kind of take control of not just this, I mean, church, obviously, but they have control of the state government. What it is run is by them. What is happening in the world right now? People what don't vote because on? all the candidates are the same. Jesus Christ. Theme of the episode. I just, I, although did you hear Neighborville and seated a bunch of um, uh, Republicans? There is a recent local election. Yeah. In, in our area where we live in Illinois. Yeah. A bunch of GOP guys I, got voted out. So it, Yeah. And in a lot of neighboring cities, yeah. too, which was it's pretty. That's something. Yeah. I mean, it's not nothing. It's a good start. Yeah. Anyway, this is the most insane. Like, this feels, this is bordering on self-parody. You know, like, it's so over the top and so outrageous. It just... You know what's scary, too? It's so everything. outrageous that it gets buried because everything else is almost more outrageous. Like, this should be a big deal, and very few, like, channels are talking about oh, yeah, this I news mean, outlets because well, everything this, else is okay, bigger. This week alone, so it's, what, April 14th? Uh, sure. 2017, because people are going to be listening to this for generations to come, and I yes. want to make sure I really mark this date. <laughs> um, it's S Town and Us. That's the <laughs> podcast they will Have listen you listened to. S Town? It's really good. I love it so much. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the um, what was I saying? Oh, this week. Yeah. This week, the bombing stuff happened. Yeah. The United thing happened. I'm not going to go detail. Pepsi still had the Kardashian Google. commercial. Oh my God, the Pepsi commercial. <laughs> there was a school shooting that got zero. Coverage. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, are we on? The, yeah. I, I just and then this. This nonsense. is like item nine hundred seventy two on the priority is happening. list. I just like so much is going on. Trump ate that chocolate cake. I, yes, but it was delicious, so we can bomb whatever. It's beautiful. Be- I just, I can't. I don't. I can't. I just can't. Hi, we're America. I can't. We're sorry. I won't. Um. All right. Here's the next one. Let's oh, go talk about that more. school shooting. Um, here's the issue. I mean, uh, it's a scary story again, buried in a lot of other issues. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't follow too much as this was happening, but a guy went to an elementary school in San Bernardino, Mm -hmm. California, uh, shot a woman turned out to be his his ex-girlfriend or estranged wife. I think estranged girlfriend or so they broke up recently or Uh something and shot like an innocent kid too. I mean, the woman was innocent too, but shot a kid too. And another one was injured. He's still uh, alive. But that's what happened. Horrible story. Uh, and then uh, the guy killed himself, I believe, too. Or the police got to him. I don't no, know I think it was murder. It ended up being murder, a murder suicide. suicide. Um, Horrible story. Yeah. Here's the issue I want to raise about this. Because, okay. like, what does this have to do with religion stuff? Here's oh. the thing. If When that happened and yeah. they released the guy's name, uh, Cedric Anderson, you could go to his Facebook page, as many people do oh, when... No. This sort of thing happens. Yeah. Um, let me I'll, let me do this for you. When uh, the Chapel Hill, North Carolina, there was a guy who shot three Muslim people yes. a couple of years ago. Horrible, horrible tragedy. Yes. A lot of the media people were like, well, who is this guy who did the shooting? They went to his Facebook page. Turned out he posted a lot of atheist memes. He liked a lot of atheist pages, including, by the way, the friendly atheist page. Get the fuck out. Uh-huh. Um, this guy liked a lot of atheist stuff. Now, the question is, this guy who was clearly an atheist uh-huh. shot three Muslims, and did he do it because of did that religious... His... Yeah, did that inform what he did and why? And what does that say about atheism? A lot of people writing pieces about, so you know, much. what does that mean? We need more think pieces. But even after they conducted the investigation, uh. even to this day, there is really no evidence that 
whatever issues this guy had was religiously motivated. Was religiously motivated. I mean, there's talk about that uh, he didn't like that they took his parking spot. There were stupid reasons like well, that's that. Re- no, I, you but know, it's l- like listen, Hammond, that's a reasonable reason. <laughs> But, like, it wasn't because he just hated Muslims. Right. No, he disagreed with them, but, like, that's not what, what set him off. Right. Um, so, be, beyond that, this guy in San Bernardino, Let you look at his Christian Facebook page, he is Christian as fuck. He is maybe a pastor, though I don't <laughs> know if he uh, led a church or anything, but, like, one radio personality... Uh, a local radio personality said something like, one of my resident guest pastors died. Died. uh, She said, I don't know if she knew all the information at the time, but she called him a resident guest pastor. This guy had Christian stuff on his page. Um, He mentioned God multiple times on his page. Uh Of course, that's not part of the story. Now, I'm well aware that he didn't do what he did because of or despite his Christianity. Right. It was totally unrelated. It was some domestic, you know, violence dispute that they had going. Mm-hmm. And I'm not blaming Christianity or anything like that for what he did. But the question is, why isn't there any mention of his religion in any of the conversations about this guy? Because if he wasn't Christian, mm-hmm. you know they would be discussing Whatever, Whatever the hell else it was. Yeah. And that double standard is what really bugged me. No, I find that really... And it bugged uh, David McAfee, who did a really nice job of pointing that out yeah. on our site. Um, I, I think something like that really bugs me, too, um, because I just see a lot of... like I know I mention it all the time, but I'm into true crime and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's 80, 90% white men who tend to do these horrific things, whether uh-huh. it's serial killer or domestic violence or like family annihilators, things like that. It's almost always white men. And, like, it just, I don't get how, like, that's not a thing that people are like, hey, there's kind of a pattern. Maybe oh, this is something we should address. it's not like they point out. Like, if it was a black guy, they would always say, oh, it was a black guy who right. did this. Or if it was a Muslim, a Muslim or a woman, that right. would also be newsworthy. But, like, but when, yeah. be, and you know why it is. When they're is in I the majority think, of whatever think, it is, I, they don't really mention I think really people see white male, may or may not Christian, as neutral. Yeah. And so yeah. anything else is an other, right? So yeah. like if a white And it probably had something a, to do with what they did. Right. And so if a group of white men systemically does a thing, it's just society, but if a group <laughs> right. of like black women consistently do this, it's like what's going on with black women? Right. right. And I think that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. To that, put it eloquently. It's, it's so weird that that just uh, it was left out. And again, I know the rebuttal is but his Christianity, as far as we know, had nothing to do with this. Of and that's true. We're not saying it did. We're saying it's that it's the coverage. It's the media standard. coverage of this. It's a double standard. Um, can I... Jump in here. Jump in. Um, I did research, too. What? I'm a professional. Okay, so this actually happened a couple of weeks ago, and it has not stopped making me laugh since. <clears throat> so, Brexit? Yes. You're familiar? I've heard. Okay. So... Oh, I think I actually sent you this story. So now that Britain is exiting the EU, they have a lot of kind of house cleaning to do, right? Yes. So one of the things is their passports are due to be updated. And this isn't about atheism. It's more about feminism and it more about making me laugh a lot. Okay. So uh, conservative MP uh, Andrew Rosendell, chairman of the Flags and Herald- Heraldry Committee, which I love England. They're so <laughs> sweet. Was among the MPs who called to return. So right now, UK uh, UK passports, like European passports, are like a burgundy color. Okay. 
and they used to be blue. And apparently that's the thing that matters <laughs> because he said, and I quote, it's a matter of identity. Having the pink European passport has been a source of humiliation. Oh, come on. It merged us into one European identity, which isn't what we are. Having a pink passport has been a source of humiliation. This man's, <laughs> this man's masculinity is so fragile. His passport color bothers him. It bothers him to the point that I think the, the, uh, the Home Office confirmed it will spend almost fifth, excuse me, 500 million pounds to redesign the, pa- the passport. Now, I will say, I don't know if that's, I think that money likely would have been spent anyway because they have to redesign the passports oh, okay. anyway. So I don't want to say like... So it's not it's that the money wasn't going to be used, but and really that's the thing you're changing about he's it? He's so upset about his pink passport. I And A, it's not pink. It's burgundy, damn it's it. It's burgundy. But I'm also tr- like, what, what, what is with men? <laughs> Can you guys chill for a sec? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what else the flag and heraldry committee would possibly do flags other than those long trumpets <laughs> with the flags? like if they don't complain about this i'm not really sure what the purpose of the committee is <laughs> like they don't have a need to exist other than complaining about this at all there's a whole flag committee so what color does he want they want to go back to navy oh which is fine like not what we have we only have navy oh all right of course we, they want to we be get like it us. the uk <laughs> but it's just this thing of I just can't, I can't believe in its, I know I say this every week, but it's fucking 2017, and we have a man in power in the UK (laughs) who's like, oh, pink, oh, like, I can't, I cannot deal with these men, and they're garbage bullshit. Is anyone with him on this? I don't. Or is he a lone wolf? Of course, you know, I mean, he's gotten dragged a lot on on Twitter, which is reasonable, (laughs) but people care like why why you know on facebook if you post those really short status updates and they make big? it yeah and they're, it makes like a big colored box oh how does that it work would be, i've never been I, able to do that i don't post stuff but it would be hilarious if he's like passports are wrong and it had the burgundy <laughs> color on it i waited till you sipped something to drink when that I wasn't that. nice um <laughs> i would have loved that oh <laughs> yeah yeah i just i'm just <laughs> down with burgundy passports with a burgundy background <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Speaking of Great Britain, yeah. uh, they did a survey in the UK. Uh, they asked Christians, since it's Easter weekend and mm. stuff, you know, what do you believe? What do you not believe? They wanted to figure out, okay, all of you are celebrating Easter, but what is it that you actually believe? They asked people, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Uh-oh. And when it comes to the general public, um, most people... Uh, about 50% said we don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, which is not unusual. Is this scratch paper for me to write yeah, on? Yeah, you can okay, write on I'm just writing on shit. No, it's all good. Um, about 50% of the general public said we don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, which, all right, that's fine. I'm you sure said 50, a lot five, of people, zero? Five, zero-ish, okay. yeah. But, like, 25% of self-described Christians said they don't believe in the resurrection. That does not surprise me one single bit. What does that say? I mean, isn't that kind of the point? I, ju- I think people are playing fast and loose with what it means to be Christian. I think people go to church for many reasons and describe themselves as Christian for many reasons beyond a sincere belief in in the in Christian our Lord beliefs. Jesus Christ. Um, I, th- I that I, that doesn't surprise. I'm sorry. I'm well, actually I guess more shocked is, that 50 percent of the population does believe. Well, they're better at us than. No, <laughs> yeah, but like England is a no, not notoriously, but 
a pretty well, secular well known overall. secular country. It's yeah. surprising me that fifty percent of the population believe <laughs> actually believe in the resurrection. Yeah. Um. And by the way, if you're saying the cafeteria Christians, they believe whatever they want about cafeteria Christians. Yeah, Christian? they just pick and choose whatever beliefs oh, they want. Okay, I have heard yeah. that before. Um, but like five percent of quote unquote active Christians didn't believe in the resurrection. Which is okay. I'm so the question you, I, is, I, what? Are the requirements to be a Christian to say you are a Christian? To say you're a Christian, yeah. Right. I mean, no, I. <laughs> I thought it was. Sincerity. I accept the divinity of Jesus. That's kind of the. That's it. But doesn't the divinity of Jesus require the belief that he died and came back to life three days later, or yeah. was risen from the dead, or whatever? Well, okay. So what I think is interesting about that kind of ties into a lot of things that are going on with Trump right now, because I can tie Trump into anything. <laughs> so. I think there's a large um, sect, I'll say, of yeah. a chunk of Christians, of, of religious people who like a lot of what Christianity is bringing to the table, but don't necessarily believe in all of the magic part. Like kind of a like the Jefferson, Jefferson Bible type yeah. deal of like, I like the moral teachings of Jesus. But forget the miraculous right. supernatural stuff. Which I saw that when I went to the Reason Rally. I saw his original uh, Jefferson Bible where he... In Washington, D.C., it's yeah. in the Smithsonian, where he, like, took a razor and <laughs> physically cut, cut shit out of the Bible. And I don't, I like, it just filled me with glee. <laughs> um, so, anyway. So, so, I think they're just, they like most of what it has to offer. And they're fine with, okay, uh, whether, or not, whether or not there was an actual man who rose from the dead is inconsequential. Is irrelevant is to irrelevant. their beliefs. I like this anyway. They're cultural Christians like a lot of Jewish people are culturally exactly. Jewish, even though they don't necessarily believe in the supernatural right. stuff. So I would suspect that's fairly common and that people, and in addition to that, that people will still self-describe as Christians beyond being, doing anything to, I don't want to say earn it, that's not the right word, yeah. but, but like doing anything to be a part of the community. They just, I grew up, I grew up in a Christian it's, family, therefore I'm Christian, right. but like I don't if, actually do anything right. or believe anything. Right, like I have a ton of friends who grew up, like my one of my best friends went to Catholic school. She's not Catholic anymore, or she doesn't yeah. practice but Catholicism, but like... If you ask her. I mean, we've been friends long enough that like she's, we've ranted about religion together, but like it, a lot of people in her life would be like, yeah, I guess I'm Catholic because I grew up Catholic. Right. I don't know why I got really And by the way, before, one friend. before anyone listening thinks, oh, it's holier than thou, like these people are idiots, there are eight atheists who say i'm an atheist who believe in a lot of supernatural stuff oh, and yeah. the power of prayer and they believe they will literally no, believe I, in god like those right. surveys exist and those people exist who yeah. say they're atheists but say they believe in god well and like, i'm not trying to be condescending about yeah. like, i i completely understand that idea of you know i this is just what i've known my whole life or i live in a small town and the church is part of our community like I, so I, i'm a christian so i'm but, christian by nah. proximity or whatever <laughs> but that story is um, ridiculous yeah and, <laughs> and they don't have any fine. there's no cognitive dissonance um, going on for them there. how i would like to link it back to trump if yes. that's okay with you sir <laughs> is that um there's a lot in religion and christian apologetics and so forth talking about Literal versus literal meaning of words versus their the idea of what they mean. Yeah, and I am positing again another half baked idea, but yeah. here I go. Yeah, I'm positing that the kind of people who read the Bible and say, "Okay, no X Y Z didn't literally happen, but it's a metaphor for this, or it's trying to get this over, or whatever." 
I feel like those are the same people who are like, oh, I didn't think Trump would actually build a literal wall. I didn't think he would <laughs> actually literally You're deport. You're taking him literally and you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. But now he's doing those things <clears throat> that he said he was good. So, like, I've heard many people, you know, interviewed and kind of read his states. Supporters. His supporters or former voters who no yeah. longer support him say, oh, when he set a wall, I thought he it was him talking about tougher immigration stance right. or whatever. Or the couple of women whose husbands have been deported and they voted for <laughs> Trump. I didn't think he was actually going to deport people. I didn't think he was literally people. going to deport people. I thought he was speaking in broad strokes, right? right. And I feel like that's the same thing. Because like when somebody tells me I'm going to build a wall, I'm like, okay, well, that feels pretty clear cut. Yeah. I'm liable You're to take somebody him for at their what word. He's saying, yeah. Um, and I wonder if you've gotten in a mindset of reading between the lines of everything the way one has to. So when these you read Christians the Bible. are like, sure, the Bible says you rose from the dead, but they didn't but it really literally mean. mean. I've met a lot of Catholics who, when we we're, uh, you could point out like Catholics literally believe a consecrated communion wafer is, is the, the body, body of Christ. Christ, and a lot of Catholics are like, yeah, that's I bullshit. I don't believe that. It comes in a little package. It's, it's your religion. Yeah. I'm quoting it back to you. Yeah. You can't just ignore that. If you do, that's you can't. That's like a big deal in mm -hmm. Catholicism. It's kind of one of the big differences there. Right. Or I mean, the same thing. And this is well, well worn territory <laughs> of oh, oh, I'm against gay marriage because it says a man should not lie with another man yeah. in the Bible. But like, there's a super ton of stuff that's like, hey, you should feed the poor, and they're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's but, a metaphor. But if you read it this way, <laughs> it's more about bootstraps. Right. So. I think what it comes down to is a lot of people, this does not exclude atheists, because mm -hmm. we've seen ourselves in these surveys too, a lot of people have no idea what it is they actually believe. They take on a label, mm -hmm. they don't know what it entails, mm -hmm. and then they look like idiots. Yeah, <laughs> Know um, what you believe in. Yeah. That's actually, what actually, you should be doing. I've got another thing. That's, Go for it. We're doing really good at piggybacking. You're going to like this good. one. Good. Okay, so, um, okay, so before I came over here, I was doing research to try to find, you know, help help with <laughs> stuff instead of letting you do all the work as I want to do. Where are we going with this? So, no. It, <laughs> so, I'm on CNN and it was just yeah. scrolling through seeing what's on the news. And I see a headline that says, I'm a millennial, quote, nun, but I still want Easter. So, I click on it. I'm a millennial nun, like mm -hmm. not religious. N-O-N-E, nun. Yeah, and I still want Easter. And, and I, I still want Easter, which okay. I was like, oh, okay, I want to read that and see what's going on there. Yeah. And a video starts auto-playing and it's like two CNN people in some sort of like religious thing and they're like, okay, we've got a couple people on the line and, you know, we've got Rachel Held Evans on the line. She's talking about this and joining us now is Hemant Mehta and I see your <laughs> fucking face appear on my computer. The virus worked. It was, <laughs> it was the most disconcerting thing I have ever experienced. I did it when, we, how, we, how old was that? We taped that segment a couple of years ago, maybe. So they didn't do a very good job of like... I was in a studio in Chicago where yeah. they essentially put a green screen behind me. So they had like a vision of like the river right. or the lake behind me with boats But they didn't going. time or date stamp the video or make it clear that like the video wasn't directly connected to this article oh, I was reading. Yeah. So I, I text him in all caps... When did you go on CNN, you asshole? <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be somewhere right now. <laughs> um, and it was, it was just so disconcerting to be like, 
like, wait, what's happening? And like the fact that I was researching for this podcast, I'm like, oh, Hemant already like literally wrote the book on this. What am I bringing to the table now? Anyway, that was a really awkward moment in my day. <laughs> I'm glad I could be a part of that. And it took me like three minutes into the video to realize that it wasn't directly connected oh. to what I was trying to read. It was just, it was a very, it was just millennial yeah. nun and they posted that right. or something. So anyway, that's my, aside. that video still on YouTube. You could see boats going through my ears. <laughs> if you look at the background, <laughs> I which that. I did not know at the time. Oh. Oh man, can we? Can people like green screen over that? Do you think? Oh god, don't give don't give them idea. Oh, oh, whatever. Nobody listens. <laughs> the, the, Except for the hey, odds Ashley and that Matt. the up, odds buddies? that Ashley and Matt have also the photoshopping cats though, <laughs> video right? skills to the put furry? to put furry animals in behind me. Anyway. Good luck, Ashley and Matt. <laughs> okay, so anyway, under this, so this uh, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Uh, by it's Jill Filipovic. She's a good reporter. Yeah. Did I say her name right? I think so. Okay. So anyway, I wrote in all caps, fuck you, Hemant, because you ruined my... Sounds about right. Yeah. So anyway, this article kind of hit me right in the feels because it was about a... She was moving, and as a millennial adult, so I think she's probably late 20s-ish, maybe my age, early 30s, um, and she talked about how hard it is to to make friends as an adult. Mm -hmm. And the idea of you know, these, these religious ceremonies, these, so she had a group of friends that every Easter they would all get together and it was a social kind of communal experience that they all, and she looked forward to it every year. And now she's facing her first Easter in a new place and is missing that, that, that sense of community that she had. Sure. Obviously a lot of people have felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, so she sort of made a, I don't know if requ- I don't know if it, was, it wasn't like a call to action, but it was just certainly. She said, "Even the nuns among us need this ritual and community. We uh-huh. we just don't need it to happen inside a temple. We can find it even if we don't believe believe the divine is a single omnipotent being in the sky, but that it lives in the smell of the wet forest. A daily <clears throat> a daily dedication to a solitary run or a quiet meditation. And this weekend, in the ring ring of la- ringing of laughter and friends gathered around a shared table." And that hit me in all of the fields because I just moved to Aurora from the city and have been dealing with that same thing of, man, if I went to a church, I would have built-in friends right away. Right. Like, I'm working in a new place. I'm living in a new place where, I like, the people I've spent my last, my, the, my entirety of my adulthood, I don't... When I, when I speak to a lot of atheist groups and stuff, it's one of the points I've been making clear in recent, uh, maybe the past year or two, which is that if you want to convince people to leave church, mm-hmm. it's really dumb on the part of atheists to think if we just have the right arguments against mm-hmm. religion, like the right counter apologetics, yeah. the right arguments against the Bible and point out the contradictions, that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's so not going to be enough for a lot of people because like you're saying, uh, like Jill Filipovic is saying, you're basically asking them, leave your friends, mm-hmm. leave your social safety net, mm-hmm. leave all of that behind and we're not going to give you anything in return. Yeah. Um, that's why you Except, saw like well, these atheist churches. Smug quote superiority. <laughs> well, yeah. Which we offer to all new subscribers. Which I sleep fine with at night. Yeah, yeah. The, the smugness. Oh, it's my a God. nice pillow. Oh, my God. It wraps me like a blanket. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's you're <laughs> asking smugness them. Smugness isn't enough. I know. I don't get those people, but, no. <laughs> yeah, but you've also they want proudly friends. told me how you have no friends. So I, I feel like totally don't have friends. Kevin yeah. lives ten minutes away from me, and I see. I only see him when we record. <laughs> 
But it's not just you. It's not like <laughs> I hang out with my other friends <laughs> those other times. You, you pointedly <laughs> don't see your friends. <laughs> but I that's what kind I'm of it. Like if anybody lives in the western is, suburbs, they can be my friend. <laughs> there is kind of this thing about if you're part of a church, yeah. or you're part of a community, mm-hmm. there is something awesome about that. Yeah. Even if you dismiss all the supernatural church BS. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of lose that when you don't have that built in. Because then, I mean, look, there are meetup groups that are awesome. There mm-hmm. are there are some atheist groups that tried and successfully yeah. try to form that sort of community. But it's really hard. And church, uh, get, for all its problems, they do a good job of making yeah. you feel part of a community. It's very communal. We don't do a good job of that. No. Um, okay. All right. I'm moving on to a different one. All right. Um, speaking of uh, today, as we're taping this, Good Friday. God, um, in so Ireland. I know. Ireland is considering <laughs> repealing a ban on alcohol sales on Good Friday, which means they have a ban on alcohol sales in Ireland on Good Friday. What? Yeah. What? You Ireland, can d- what are you guys you doing? You can drink all the time you want Wait, in Ireland on except... Good, good Friday specifically or good like Friday specifically. Catholic holiday? Good Friday specifically. Why? Um, Because it's Good Friday and you should... Okay. You're all Roman Catholic, Irish Catholics here, so so don't drink or something until like, whatever, 11 a.m. Like good Friday or over uh, Christmas or... Uh, I, I think it's specific to Good Friday. And Easter. The, they're trying to repeal a ban that would maybe go into effect a year from now. But, I mean, the problem with this law is that they're basically trying to prohibit alcohol. We know what happens when you prohibit alcohol. It gets sold anyway uh-huh. under the table. And that means, I mean, even if you want to look at this from totally a business perspective... Taxes, the, man. The Irish government is missing out on money that could they could yep. be getting... On basically a day when a lot of people want to drink. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a day that so ends it's a, in Hawaii. But this Ireland. isn't this Side. isn't an oh, no, <laughs> That's the stereotype, right? But this isn't Ireland only because there are states in the US that still have blue laws yeah. that say you cannot buy or you cannot sell alcohol if on you're a business Sundays. on Sunday morning. The whole fucking state of the, Indiana was like that. And I will say this, when I was in I went to school in Indiana uh, to Ball State University, and if we ever had like a Monday off. Yeah. There was, and this is before Twitter was a thing. Facebook was kind of new, <laughs> and everybody would have like this silent alarm system, like passing between each other. Like, don't forget to buy alcohol on Saturday because you're gonna want to drink on Sunday because we have Monday off. Don't be that person who has to drive to Ohio to get booze, which people have done a lot. I have not. Oh my god. Anyway, that's a that's a drive to. To, uh, I mean, we're 20 years old in Muncie, Indiana. Like, I yeah, don't know true. what you wanted from us. <laughs> well, it's, we one of the things that always bothered me about the blue laws is, like, if you want to impose this kind of pseudo-morality on people, if they're already religious, shouldn't they just not, not be drink. drinking on those times or those days? Those are... Like, this, these laws are not about the religious people. It's about everybody else and imposing a how will upon them. constitutional? Um, because you're not saying you're not doing it because, because of, of church, religion. you're just saying, "Oh, hey, Sunday mornings, you can't buy alcohol." But that's so like, even though you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, what's going on? That should be our campaign. I feel like if there's a cross, I'm gonna die on. No pun intended. I feel yeah. like it's alcohol sales on Sundays in Indiana. I feel yeah. like it's something that's gonna improve the lives of many, and that's gonna be my. You know what? Fuck it. I'm Under Mike for, Pence, that I'm running for governor of Indiana, <laughs> and my platform is going to be repealing. I'm pretty blue sure laws. we have more listeners to this blog than there are people in Indiana, so maybe you have a chance. Okay, 
that's probably true. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> four. There's how many? Four. <laughs> I don't know how many, but enough people. Uh, I don't know an electorate that voted for Mike Pence probably wouldn't uh, like a Jessica Blumke yeah. Grife. We'll candidate. change your name. We'll change your name. <laughs> Done. I'm already trying. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ireland. So they yeah, act together. Well, I, it seems like they have support to <laughs> repeal the law. You don't say. I know. Um, all right, I'm moving on to it. Speaking of getting drunk, let's talk about... So good at transitions. I know. Let's talk about having babies because... <laughs> I'd like to redact my fist pump. Yeah, sorry. Um, there's a new study from the Pew Research Center that's trying to estimate the future of religious demographics. And what they found is, you know, every study, every survey we see says... Uh, people without any religious affiliation are on the rise. Yes. And you would think that's going to continue in the future. I don't know when it plateaus, but we're still going to have more non-religious people in the future. Mm -hmm. What this study said is that even if that's true, we are going to be outpaced by the number of religious groups, Muslims mm -hmm. specifically, uh, followed by Christians, who are having babies. They're going to dugger so, on us. Yeah, they're going to go dugger on us, and we're not going to meet them. Uh, because the uh, I'm just going to see if I can find the exact numbers here. Um, not only are we going to grow at a slower rate, mm -hmm. um, we're also going to die more frequently than because they're outbreeding us and we're dying more. We're dying more. Uh, we're dying like more of us relative to our population because we're mostly like old that. white guys. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Um, <laughs> we'll make a larger percentage of deaths in the future. Right now, we make up like 21% of people who die. Uh huh. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back. You talk for a second. I'm going to figure okay. it out make sure I get this right. Uh, I mean, it makes sense because that definitely jives with like just kind of what I know in my life yeah. of the people I know who are religious to some extent or another are the ones who've already had babies. And, and I'm 31. It's not like I'm yeah. like 22 and having babies is unreasonable at my age. Not that being 22 and pregnant. It just, can we just pretend I've never offended anybody and sure. never put my foot in my mouth? Um, let me put this another way. Uh, we make up unaffiliated people, no religious affiliation. We make up 10% of the births right now, like okay. you're born to non-religious parents, but we make up about 15% of the deaths. Yo. And that discrepancy is uh, going to grow in the future. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. Um, but one of the things is they said, if you took it, look at population growth, mm -hmm. um, Muslims between 2015 and 2060, that's how far in advance they tried to estimate this thing, uh -huh. their population is going to rise by like 1.2 billion is the estimate. Uh -huh. Christians are going to rise by 778 million. Uh -huh. So a little less, but still a lot. And the nuns only grow by like 37 million. Here now, big <laughs> caveat here. Okay. Is it what They're assuming... That the children of all these... That's what I wrote down! Look at that. The children of all these religious parents are going to stick with the faith. Yes. We know that's not how it works. But they did try to account for they religious for switching uh, back and forth. And they still say the number of births for religious people is still going to outnumber the unaffiliateds so my in general, the future. So my general plan to get a more liberal country that involves just letting old people die is not... doesn't have legs? It, it's a tough one. Like, here's what they found. The net change, uh -huh. when it comes to net change of religion, we outnumber everybody. Yeah. Like, by a lot. Christians lose the most. Uh-huh. But even when you account for switching, even when you account for the trends in our favor, uh -huh. the number of births under religious parents totally beats 
All of that. My IED is ruining the world again. I know. So, and this is kind of the thing, right? Like, atheists typically, I don't have the number on this, but, like, we're typically more about birth control. We use it. Uh, We don't have giant quiverful families. And religious groups, by and large, have lots of more kids than we do. Yeah. The answer to this is... Either we have a ton of babies or we got to start deconverting people fast. I, I don't want to have that many those are the only Those are the only options. Well, you can, you, <clears throat> I mean, you, you, your wife is still young. You can pull a dugger, right? Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> um, all right. I got two more things I wanted to bring up. I have two more things, too. Excellent. Uh, go for it if you oh. want. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know how I said I was trying to help? Um, I'm not that good a helper because I uh, wrote a headline and then my um, notes on it were Hemant probably knows about this. <laughs> what is it? Um, it's about Zeke Smith, the contestant on Survive. See, I will like, talk about this for an hour if you want. I know. Um, so, what about him specifically? Uh, so uh, Zeke Smith is a uh, multiple time contestant on Survivor, which yeah. I've never seen an episode of, and Hemant has seen all. All of them. All of sad. them. So. I that love could be that our show. next podcast. Is you may no <laughs> fuck that. I but hate that. Here's the here's what happened with Zeke this week. Spoilers, <laughs> spoilers ahead if for the, the one of you watching Survivor besides me. Um yeah, he was on last season. Yeah, and then came Then back they for brought him back season. for this season where they have all the returning people right. back. And at some point he was outed by a fellow contestant yeah. as being a trans man. Yeah, uh, a contestant. You can probably named add Jeff. More. Jeff was gonna be voted out. There were seven people. Oh my god, I'm so bored already. <laughs> He was going to be voted out. He's going to lose. He's doing everything he can not to get voted out. Mm -hmm. So he points to Zeke, who he's trying to convince the rest of the people. Zeke's been lying to you guys. Don't believe Zeke and vote me out. You guys should vote for somebody else. Uh, Zeke wasn't even on the chopping block. He was trying to get them to say, like, don't listen to him and vote me out. Oh, because Zeke Uh, was... Go with me and vote out this other guy. Okay. But basically, he said, Zeke is lying to you guys when he says you're all on a team together. Like, and I can give you proof of his deception. He's a transgender person. Oh my God. How did he phrase it? Was it awful? Uh, I'm, I'm not phrasing it the way he phrased it, but that's... Did he use like offensive... Did no. he at least use good nomenclature? Uh, he's, I think he said well, like, he Zeke is deceiving you. He's Zeke, why haven't you told anyone you're transgender? Oh. And in his defense, and I don't really want to defend him, there's really nothing defensible about it. In his defense, he had no idea that... Zeke two things. He had no idea that was an offensive thing to say, uh-huh. which, all right, it's ignorance... Whatever. The other thing is he genuinely thought everyone already knew this. Like he thought Zeke was out as transgender to his family and (gasps) friends and community. He also assumed, because this is a quirk about Survivor, they taped Zeke's first season and this new season at the same time, back to back last year. That's how they do things on Survivor. They tape two seasons back to back. Uh They air the first one months later Uh and the second one like a year later. Okay. That way they can cram it all into one same location, whatever. So all these returning contestants are back on the show and no one knows who Zeke is, right? Because he was just on the recent thing. Oh, sure. So it's an all-star thing, so it's not like... Jeff has been on the show before Uh and he knows everyone he's playing with. Everyone does because they've all seen each other. Right. But no one knows Zeke because he was most recently there. And they don't know why he was so special to have been brought back to the show. So was he... So Jeff said in interviews, he's like, I thought er- I thought that's one of the things they would have revealed about Zeke in the first, in the first season, season he was and on. Didn't. So, and Jeff was like, no one on this tribe knows this about him. And it's an example of Zeke not telling you things. That was his justification. That's awful. But what actually happened is he said, 
you're deceiving people. Zeke was Zeke was not out to a lot of people. He was just hoping he could fly. He didn't want to say he's transgender. Sure. Um, he was just like, no, I'm just, I want to be a good player and yeah. just leave it at that. And to their credit, everyone else on the tribe who already was going to vote out Jeff, the first guy, they're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, dude, that's not okay what you're doing. Not for money, for the prize you get for winning Survivor, and not in real life. Like, is this some sort of tactic? And as soon as, and even the host was like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? This is not cool. Um, To his credit, Jeff, the guy who outed him, realized what a mistake he had made. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty soon after he did it, he's like, he's gay, by the way. Oh, no! And he works with LGBT people. What? So that's why he, in in his defense, if there is one, Stop he's in like, his I know, uh, he was like, I genuinely didn't know, I didn't think about this, I didn't think how that was going to come out, um, and he said, I thought everyone knew this except for the six, but it, that wouldn't have made it okay. No. Anyway, um, I would say it's a the thousand outcry, times worse. The outcry from the tribe, the outcry uh-huh. from the host, the fact that CBS, with Zeke's permission, aired a good chunk of this. Uh-huh. Like, seriously, uh, they spent 20 minutes on the show having this discussion when normally this part of the show would have been like five, 10 minutes. Uh-huh. They spent 20 having this hashed out. Wow. And Jeff uh, was... Sent home? Oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't even have a vote. They were just like... The host was like... Later days. Jeff, I mean, are we all pretty clear here that nobody wants Jeff to stay around? Everyone's like, yeah, no, I want him gone. And like, then there's no reason to vote. Jeff, just go. I mean, that's pretty much how it ended. Um, and... You know what? Uh, he was crying. Jeff was like he realized he made a mistake when he left. Uh-huh. He fully was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. I don't yeah. need to be here. I I don't deserve to be here." He was so apologetic, and from what I've heard, because I'm obsessed with the show, yeah. like CBS hired him a counselor therapist to see for the past ten months because this didn't air for ten months yeah. after it happened. Um, he has had a conversation with Zeke since then. Um, I, I gotta say. For CBS, a pretty older network <laughs> audience, mm-hmm. for Survivor, for show that's like Middle America sort of thing, mm-hmm. for them to air 20 minutes of defending a transgender person's right to be, cl- be open or not or be closeted about yeah. it if he wants to, um, I've never, I can't remember ever seeing that before. I was like, wow, that's, I didn't know that's how they were going to turn, I didn't know that's the way this episode was going to end. Yeah. But like, that, that was it's a good conversation to have and like sucks for Jeff that he's like being sure. called a bigot and a hater hater for all this. Yeah. Um, I as mean, he says, he totally deserves it, right. but he's trying to convince people like I didn't mean to, if I had known I wouldn't have done that, whatever. But, but, uh, but, but honestly, like even, even if he was out to everybody else in the world besides that, it tribe, still doesn't make still it okay. Right. Exactly. And so the conversations people are having about that tribe today is the right word. Tribe is the right word. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that, like the New York Times is writing about it yeah. after the show. Uh, the fact that Zeke, like CBS actually had him write a first person I, statement I read that and it was... um, to be published as soon as the episode ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, like here's where I am right now. Yeah. Like uh, I appreciate that Jeff reached out to me. Um, I forgive him as a person. I don't know if I want to forget him, forgive him one-on-one or something, but right. like, I, if that's what he needs to move on, I'll give it to him. Yeah. He's handled it really well. Mm-hmm. I thought CBS, I, I don't fault them for airing it. Some people were saying, CBS, why didn't you just not air that and find another way to like end the episode? No, I like that they did that. Um, oh, well, especially yeah. with Zeke's permission. With obviously. Zeke's permission, they said they had his permission. Yeah. And uh, they worked through it. I mean, yeah. this, I don't know how you could have had that episode air 
without that conversation because it was such a big part of why Jeff went home. Sure. Anyway. That's really, and it's, it's a testament to, I know I keep complaining that it's 2017 and we're still having XYZ conversations, yeah. but it is a testament to how far people have come. Yeah. That, like you said, Survivor. It's not for like young people per se. I mean, right. this is an older audience and it's 20 minutes talking about. <laughs> an older audience yeah. and Hammett. And me. Uh, talking about transgender rights. Well, it it's, kind of reminds me, and this isn't exactly parallel, but um, Bachelor, which I started yeah. watching this year for the first time because there's a podcast I listen to called Rose Buddies that I'm obsessed with. And I was, and they just do talk about the episode from the night before, and it's charming and wonderful. Anyway, um, they're having their first black bachelorette. Right. And there's just been a lot, a lot, a lot of talk of, because the Bachelor franchise doesn't have a great history, <laughs> RE, race relations. <laughs> Because, um, like, don't most of the black contestants get voted off yeah, or picked off pretty very quickly? Very quickly. Yeah. So Rachel is the one who's going to be the, the bachelorette who's a doll, and she's, like, a lawyer, and she's so sweet and wonderful. Um, I've drank the bachelor Kool-Aid. It's not my best feature now. Anyway, um, she, I think, got the furthest of any black contestant. Okay. Um, like, she was one of the final people, but she didn't get the ring or something. Yeah, she was, like, top three. Okay. Top four? Top three. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so it's very interesting. So there's been a lot of talk of how are they going to address the race thing? Because when they did hometown visits, he had a whole conversation with her family about like what it is to be an, an interracial couple and mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. So I think a lot of people are going to watch that with some curiosity about interesting. how they handle that you know, kind of I will thing. say... I. I defend Survivor because I love it and I hate all other reality shows. Yeah. But like one of the things about some of those reality shows is that some of it is kind of real. Like some of it is really a social experiment. Yeah. And you kind of see this stuff happen, mm -hmm. even though the rest of it's contrived. I know. But like these conversations happen and like you wouldn't see it. It wouldn't feel right if it was scripted. Right. But in situations yeah, like I that, mean, like that's the upside to some of these shows. I and mean, obviously like reality TV is manipulated within an inch of his life. But yeah, I mean, I think there's some parts of like, okay, human nature is human nature and people yeah. are going to say bogus shit to people <laughs> for no real reason. All right. So that's um, what I brought to the table. Speaking of TV shows, I look at me transitioning. Um, so good. Kirk Cameron is hosting oh, no. the national Bible B game show. It's a show. Wasn't that already a thing? Uh, it aired one night, but it's actually going on for like 30 nights or something. Only 30 on... nights in a row? Uh-huh. You... I, I believe so. Only oh, on it's Facebook like a spelling Live. Oh, yeah, it's on Facebook Live. They couldn't find a channel to air this thing. <laughs> but, okay, here's the thing. Is it like the spelling bee? This is where I want to go with this. Okay. Because the Bible bee includes a lot of like recite this chapter and verse, and you got to know it by heart. And the kids who are playing this. It's kids? It's oh, Of course it's kids. This isn't oh, fun if it's not indoctrination. No. They were given like 200 chapters verses to memorize. So they kind of know the uh, whatever they were going to be choosing from. But it's like giving... They just recite it? They just recite it from memory. That's, almost, and, and, wait, I'm That's sorry. part of the competition. That's not the entire thing, but oh. that is a big part of but it. So it's like, I say like, okay, Luke eleven twenty four. Let me read it for you off the top of my head. Okay, so yes. that's what... 
I've never heard of anything. Yeah. More and then they like also that. ask you, like, now what does that chapter and verse mean to you? Well, that because they have a panel of judges, subjective. which which is subjective. That's why they have a panel of like America's Got Talent type judges to <laughs> the red X's. Yeah. What are they gonna <laughs> say? Like, no, that's not what the Bible means to you, X. Like, no, they're not gonna do that. It's all fine. See, but here's I would the question. Watch. <laughs> I did watch the first episode. It's just it's exactly it's so what boring. you think it's gonna be, which is all right, these kids memorize the Bible. I'm sure they're into it right now, <laughs> but what are they learning? Because this is what I don't get. I know the spelling bee gets the same sort of criticism. Like, what's the skill here? Mm-hmm. You can memorize a dictionary or not, right. but, like, what are they really learning? And the argument is, it's, there's something about if you know the roots, if you know certain, like, oh, this derives from this language, sure. I can figure this thing out, yeah. even if I've never heard the word before. That's a neat skill to well, be able to figure out. spelling is the thing most of us use every day. That too. Um, yeah, but it's like, oh, I didn't, I've never heard of this word before, but if you tell me it's French and mm-hmm. you tell me what it means, I can figure this thing yeah. out. Um, and the kids who do it, like, there's a reason they're super smart because mm-hmm. they can put all those pieces together. Right. Um, so to me, like, I know there's spelling in it of itself, not as big of a deal, but it's a skill. Right. To recite a Bible verse from memory, I don't know what that teaches you. Like, I actually, the, the uh, question I mean, about what does it mean to you, uh, if you can give a good, good unique answer, I kind of get that. But are they floating it as like an educational thing? Yes. We want more kids to memorize these Bible verses and we're giving them money if they win. Like, that's that's the premise of the show. That's stupid. Um, Like, again, I think it's the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my entire life. They have every right to do it and put it on Facebook Live. I roll forever. Which is where everyone goes. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, to watch a big show or something. Um, Ew, and I just don't like the little floating thumbs up. Yes. Yeah. Floating emo- emoticons floating across the screen. Myself. Lots of anger at times oh, from atheists. We should watch it and do a drinking game and podcast about it. No. That sounds like torture because you're making me watch the entire, another episode of this whole thing. Yeah, um, you watched it by choice. One episode, well, just so I could write about it. Oh, um, did you write about it? <laughs> I did. Um, it's the sense. only game show where everyone loses. <laughs> oh, but I bet here's you were what I, so proud of yourself when you wrote that so line. So proud. Um, what I don't <laughs> get is if you want to teach kids the Bible, yeah. even from a Christian perspective, I don't understand the memorize this verse, then you will learn to love the Bible. Like, wouldn't the yeah, meaning be more way work. more interesting? Like, it. like memorizing has never been a good idea. It's like the application that matters. Yeah. And I'm, what does it mean to you? And what are you going to do with this information? That seems more relevant. Well, isn't that so like all about what the church is, this like sort of archaic, because, you know, back in when they were teaching spelling or whatever, C spot, C spot run. Yeah. And like that was, they taught spelling by rote. They taught... Yeah. Like, just write it over and over and again. That's not, and don't learn the root or yeah. learn why this is like this. And that it's does no good it. either. And that's pointless because at some point you're just memorizing sounds. Yeah. And you'll probably forget. And then where are you? You know? And that's kind of the... And with the I Bible mean, verse, like, you're, those kids are going to forget the Bible verses eventually. Right. And then what? You would hope, even as a Christian, right. they kind of retain some of the meaning. Right. But and they like, don't focus on the meaning, and which I'm is what I I'm not here to like, judge how somebody uses their spare time, because my spare time <laughs> is spent cross-stitching swear words and watching serial killer documentaries. So like, I'm not going to yuck anyone else's yum. But <laughs> this sounds insufferable. I also, 30 episodes. 30? 30. Ap- how many kids are participating? Uh, are they all whole, white? I saw in their trailer, because they released a trailer, there were a couple of minority kids. 
And they're like front and center with the spotlight on them. Of course. <laughs> um, 30 episodes? But the first episode that I saw, all hour? white. Uh, half an hour, I think. Yeah. Hey, Kirk Cameron didn't really make a big appearance. He just kind of like introed it. And that was it. Then it was up to the judges. It, it wasn't. I don't know. It's it's sad even for a Christian. Yeah, production. like it sounds like in addition to like being weird because it's like a weird Christian yeah. thing. It just sounds not great on its face. Like it doesn't objectively teach kids stuff. I don't get it. Um, that really bugs you as a former educator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I taught math, and the one thing you don't want to teach kids is just memorize this formula or whatever because mm-hmm. you're gonna forget it. Like uh, that's I still stupid. Know the Pythagorean theorems. So. Yeah, that's the only thing anyone <laughs> ever remembers. Uh, e equals mc squared. <laughs> Duh. But like I, I taught trig. You had to teach like the unit circle, and the oh. whole point. It's like there's there. You could easily just memorize it, but like the whole point of the teaching is understand where the stuff is coming from because uh-huh. that's useful for your future math classes. Uh-huh. If you just memorize the circle and certain parts of it, you're not going to learn anything. There's no point. Why would I teach right. you this when you can just pull it out and reference it? Like, there's um, no reason I can't just tell you to do that. Right. I want you to figure some other things out. That's Anyway. Quick sidebar. Yeah. How many digits of pi can you recite? Uh, three. Really? No, I can probably get a few more. But you know, it's not you know, impressive. Ross Blotcher on Ona Ross and Carrie can do like a hundred, so... That's embarrassing. Ross, for I you. used to like you. <laughs> yep. At yep, some yep, point, yep. I there was a comic I saw somewhere like, if you can do like five digits, eh, all right, fine. If you can do like ten, impressive. A hundred, you're a dick. Oh shit! <laughs> Shots fired, Ross. I know. He Bring listen. it on, Ross. No, but hey, buddy. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Uh, I got one last one for you, uh, which is going back to the politics thing because this is another last one important story that people should be aware of. When Donald Trump was campaigning, one of the things he said to really attract the religious right mm-hmm. is that he's going to repeal the Johnson Amendment. And the Johnson Amendment from like 1954 basically says if you are a nonprofit group, you cannot endorse candidates. You can work oh, on your issues. Yeah. If you're the NRA, you could say, you know, we love guns, but you can't say vote for this candidate. That's crossing the line. And it applies to any nonprofit group. But they can endorse candidates, right? They cannot. They can't. No, nonprofit groups cannot. Oh, they, is that you'll why never they give get them a, a mailer. Yeah, they'll give them a that's oh. one way to get around it. Saying like the Secular Coalition for America, I the atheist see. lobbying group, they can't say vote for a, a Democrat or something. Sure. But what they can do is to say, here are seven issues that matter to us. And this here's is how he every person voted. Yeah. And then they could say, look, all these people got A's, all these people right. got F's. And right. a lot of issue related groups do that sort of thing all the time okay politicians love it like hey i got an f from the nra and that's awesome i'm yeah, proud of that f. that's Vote my liberal cred yeah that's my liberal cred anyway uh the johnson amendment says nonprofit groups cannot endorse candidates okay that applies to churches too because they are nonprofit groups mm-hmm. church leaders for a long time have said you're going against our free speech rights. We have the right to say and do what we want. The government shouldn't get involved, which is kind of an argument a lot of us make as well. Uh, government should stay out of church business. So they're saying we should be able to endorse them. Uh, the other side, our side, has basically said, no one's stopping you from endorsing them. But in return, you don't get to keep your tax exemption yeah. if you want to play that game. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get involved in politics, Great. you got to pay taxes. That's the rule. Nonprofits get a tax exemption, so they don't get to tell, you know, which way to tell the congregation which way to vote. So Donald Trump said, if you elect me, I will get rid of the Johnson Amendment. And here's the issue. 
there are a lot of religious leaders who don't want to see that happen, in addition to church-state separation groups, because they know that if they're allowed to endorse candidates, they will become nothing but, like, political pawns. Uh, yeah, because they're right? not already. You could pass around, like, the collection plate and say, you know, we're raising money for this candidate. Uh-huh. That would never stop. You know, politicians would want to speak at their churches every weekend to yeah. make sure they got the vote. Um, can you imagine the sort of... Uh, promotional tools you would see if they didn't just use like commercials on TV mm-hmm. or robocalls, but like we're going to every church in town. So, I mean, it would become a political tool. Yeah. And a lot of religious church leaders are like, we don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Focus on, you know, the gospel, but like not on politics. That's separate. We're above that, mm-hmm. they might say. So they're opposed. So this bill, what Republicans don't want to do is to do an up or down vote on the Johnson Amendment. Because yeah. they don't want to be on the record for any of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, because they don't. There's no winning in that. There's no winning in that. They're going to upset a lot of people, and even they don't want churches to get entangled in this stuff. It's a bad idea. I mean, is it one of those things that people who don't really understand the nuances of it, like, oh, it sounds good because government is restricting our right to well, free speech? What the if this passes? If you repeal the Johnson Amendment, mm-hmm. every nonprofit group would be allowed to play politics. Oh. And they don't want to open that door to every... Imagine Planned Parenthood saying, we want to endorse this person and Uh we have enough support that we could raise money in a heartbeat for this candidate and we're going to do... They don't want to open that floodgate. Sure. Like, it it hurts Republicans as much as it hurts Democrats. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like a... A few conservative, really right-wing religious leaders are like, no, 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 we want to play this game. Um, So, they don't want to do a standalone vote. So what are they doing? This is what we learned today morning. We. Uh, we. You. This is what the Washington Post reported this morning, which is that Donald Trump is now talking about doing tax reform. He wants Republicans to write a bill to, like, you know, give rich people more money, sure. make whatever. They want to sneak the Johnson Amendment repeal in that are bill. Are you kidding me? Because Republicans in general say, yes, I'm all for tax reform. And if you say yes to the whole bill... Any one part of it, you can't really throw like, oh, this is your fault that this happened. They're like, well, I wanted to vote for the whole bill, and this unfortunately was attached to it. You but, can't just take it out. But I thought Trump was all about like not doing that kind of. He had talked about like for every bill we pass, two get repealed because he for every restriction. Wa- restriction. And, like, but yeah, oh, well, God. you're assuming you're you should take him at his word. Yeah, um, I wrote a chart, remember? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's a horrible idea. But this is how they're now planning to try to repeal it, which is let's attach it to something Republicans want, mm-hmm. even if it's a bad idea. And hopefully then they won't raise a fuss about it and just vote it through. If that happens, uh-huh. I mean, that, again, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And I don't know that the Johnson Amendment repeal is one of those things that would hold up the entire bill. You know, every now and then, like, uh, when it comes to oh, Obamacare sure, and, sure, like, sure. Uh, if you say no funding for Planned Parenthood, for the most part, Democrats are going to say, I'm not voting for any bill that removes that sort of support right. for women's health. Right. I don't know that the Johnson Amendment repeal is one of those things that's going to take over the entire tax reform bill to the point that they don't vote for it mm-hmm. or they don't or they raise a fuss about it. It's one of those things they might just say, well, I guess that's the price we got to deal. Like, that's part of it. Because everyone's going to try to get their shit attached to the right. tax reform bill and get it no, passed. That sounds like a really healthy functioning government. I know. That sounds super, super upstanding. If you're listening, call, uh, call. don't email. Call your rep- representative senators. Tell them not to vote for any tax reform measure 
that includes a repeal of the Johnson Amendment. Mm -hmm. It's all a horrible idea. By the way, there's already a petition online signed by 4,500 nonprofit groups saying this is a horrible idea. There's been a letter sent uh, by, I think, like 99 church leaders saying we don't want to see this repealed. Wow. And by the way, for the past few years, really religious right churches have tried to push the boundaries anyway. They say there's a special day, like Pulpit Freedom Sunday, where they give a speech, uh, they give their sermon, and they say, this is who you should vote for. And you know what? We want the IRS to take away our tax exemption because we, we want to fight them in court. We think this restriction is illegal, so we want them to come after us, take away our tax exemption, so we could sue them because we think we're going to win, oh. and they would have to repeal this anyway. So they've been trying to do this. The IRS won't hasn't done a damn thing. They have not taken away the tax exemptions of these churches that push their buttons on this, which is annoying. But now Donald Trump is kind of making that whole thing moot because he's saying we're just going to get rid of it anyway on our end. It's just a bad idea. It's a bad idea for Christians uh, who actually take their faith seriously. Well. Well. Anyway. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have one more thing. It's it's a little more gender politics thing as as I'm generally going to bring to the table. Um, so my friend Jen sent this over to me when I was asking her and the headline is, uh, millennial women are conflicted about being breadwinners. Okay. So the, I, so, um, this, this woman, oh, fuck, I didn't write down her name. Um, Google. Uh, so she conducted an anonymous survey of 130 millennial women, uh, who took on the role and responsibility of being the higher earner in their homes. Okay. And what she found was a lot of women didn't mind being the breadwinner, but they, eventually they didn't want it to be a permanent status. They didn't hmm. want to always be the breadwinner um, and talked a lot about... She only talked to people who were the breadwinners? They, yeah, she All talked right. to women, millennial women yeah. who were breadwinners. So what they said was um, they didn't like the the pressure of being the one or they felt like if they hated their job they're obligated to stay because their family is depending on them and all that, um, which I thought was kind of interesting and counterintuitive. Um, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't feel very, like um, I feel bad that I'm successful yeah, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, and, but kind of the more she digs into it, what I sort of, what it kind of came down to was that these women not only are out earning their spouses, but they still are taking on the burden of household chores and child labor and things so like that. So all the traditional gender roles, they right. have to take on and they're making right. more money. Right. So and they're so, stressed out. And so they have the pressure <laughs> that goes along with like, be, you know, bringing in the most money for the family. So they're financially supporting them and also doing all like the <laughs> emotional labor and the physical just shit That's around the house. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really interesting way for that to shake out. It's not super germane to our particular yeah. podcast, but I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing of like, I completely understand that idea of like, yeah, I'll make, you know, if I make more money, fine. But like, I'm still going to be doing all this shit anyway. <laughs> so not only am I bringing in more money, so I have the pressure of. Which you, maybe entails working longer hours right, too. Right. Or yeah, or more stress at home when you're at home mm-hmm. from work. Um, um, so anyway, I just thought that was kind of an interesting, yeah. uh, and it's obviously that's disappointing because I wonder how many guys who make more money than their spouses that's been a huge thing. like, like been a freak lo- out about being the breadwinner. They don't. They don't. Well, and there's been a lot of um, a lot of kind of chatter. There was a um, a survey that sent out that most men, most millennial men, would prefer to have a stay at home wife. Okay. And everybody was like, "What? That you know this even among the millennials? Even yeah. It, I mean, it was an, a millennial." 
uh, survey. Um, and I think like what it comes down to is I think everybody would like to have a housewife of just like somebody <laughs> who stays home and cleans and, you know, if I had a housekeeper who would take care of that shit for me, that would be really nice. But, yeah. um, but yeah, anyway, it was very counterintuitive to what we think is going on with, with millennials. Yeah. We're I, falling into like traditional <laughs> patterns. Yeah. In a way. I, huh. I just thought that was interesting. And, and like, I get it. Like I'm definitely dealing, we're about to get a dog, which I know is like, the equivalent of basically having a baby. I know I'm taking it appropriately seriously, but there is just an element of like, okay, well we have to now there's a chunk of time where both my husband and I are away. So we have to like fill in that time. And I'm like, man, if one of us could just be home, that would be right. amazing. Right. Like even, you know, you guys have childcare issues and you're home yeah. most of the day, but you're working. In That's, theory. I mean, I you're am the stay at home <laughs> all day, every day. I am staying at home. I mean, but it, but the thing is, I'm actually I'm work. Yeah, <laughs> like when I'm doing this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's still really hard. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. interesting. Um, so what? I would love to know if anyone's listening who is in that position. Uh, who if is they a feel guilty, who is stay at home oh, or the breadwinner, the breadwinner, especially if you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they feel guilty or not about their situation. I, mean, I think it's less about guilt i don't i don't think i think it's more about they feel like they have pressure from all sides that they can't come home and you know like in your 1950s you know the husband is working all day and he comes home and his slippers and his pipe and (laughs) whatever um and that's not a reality for people anymore people who work all day then come home and have to bear the brunt of and this is you know regardless of gender for the most part even though men women tend to take on more uh, more at home, everybody comes home, and then you still have shit to do right. that night. Yeah, welcome to life. Yep, that's just life, <laughs> I guess. I On know. that happy note. Yeah. Um, my Etsy shop is uh, Stitch It. What is it? Bitches Get Stitched Done. <laughs> I forgot. Um, I do custom stuff. I've done a couple of custom orders for listeners. You guys are really great, and I appreciate everybody's business. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing, uh, patreon.com slash T is the Patreon page. Thanks for supporting it. When did you discover um, the He-Man T thing? Way too young. <laughs> Literally had high school teachers just calling that because it was easier. Well. Um, I didn't care. There's worse nicknames to There's have. worse nicknames. Um, thanks for listening two of you yeah we appreciate it <laughs> yeah um if you guys have any topics you'd like to see us um discuss yeah discuss. send them over yeah uh friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com yeah is the address oh you know what? i want to say i wanted to thank people because they were very very oh, kind yeah. after my <laughs> last kind of rant about people who thought my voice is too feminine or whatever i've like it warmed my heart how many people reached out and the theme was that the guy can Go jump off a cliff was a phrase I heard more than once. <laughs> Anyone who's who criticizing that? my voice, yeah. which is very nice, but um, I heard a lot of really lovely feedback, and it's very meaningful. Thank you for the we, feedback. Yeah, because we just do this for fun. It's not like we get paid. So this doesn't this doesn't have a like our podcast don't really have comment sections. No, so your emails really are the only way we yeah, get feedback, feedback for this stuff. Get. But yeah, we um, just do this because we like it. We and this episode <laughs> was brought to you by Wild Cherry Pepsi, Wild not Cherry because Pepsi. they're giving us Dial, any money, but because Wild Cherry we, Pepsi. we were just drinking it. We. Um, thanks. Um, we'll see you next week. If you guys like, by the way, because uh, we've tried different things on this podcast. We've done interviews with yeah. individuals. Uh-huh. Uh, we've done solo interviews with different people that we come across. We uh-huh. may still do that in the future. Um, I don't know what you all like more. No. Uh, if you like us ranting, because I like ranting too. Yeah. 
uh, this is fun too, but uh, I would love to hear from people in terms of what you would like to listen to because that would make a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, subject ideas Let us know. or challenges or something. I'm always down for like watching a dumb movie. Yes. Or drinking. <laughs> and uh, commenting. And commenting. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a good week. And Thanks, we'll guys. talk Happy with Easter. you soon. Yes. <laughs>